the song remains the same, only the band has changed. The Democratic Party has always been the party of anti-gun, at least as long as I can remember. Of course, that wasn't the case when they were the party of the Ku Klux Klan back in the aftermath of the Civil War. Then they were using guns to their benefit to try and frighten people, who Negroes at the time, as they were called, uh, into intimidation, putting crosses on people's lawns, and generally shooting the place up with anyone that um, tickled their fancy to do so. But of course, that was a different time and a different era. And now we have the modern Democratic Party, which is just another name for the Communist Party of America. There are no middle-of-the-road Democrats, except perhaps maybe Joe Manchin in West Virginia, and even he can't be relied upon. But that's the difference that a century makes, how a party that now purports to be the party of the minority, the party that wants to elevate everyone, the party that wants to save everyone, uh, was the party of racism, bigotry, and intimidation throughout its history, even as recently as the 64 Civil Rights Act. The Democrats opposed it. It didn't pass because of them. It only passed because of Republican votes. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast, the NPO podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show. You can do so in one of three very easy ways. Go to your native app store, be it the iTunes app store or the Google Play store, depending on which device you use, and simply search out the NPO podcast. And the alternative, if you wish to use something other than your native podcast aggregator app, simply search out the Podbean app in either of those two app stores. It's perfectly free. And you can subscribe that way. The big advantage of subscribing is that you will always be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. And so uh, you won't miss a thing. Also, leave comments. We, we really need you to leave comments and reviews. The more positive reviews and comments we get, the faster the show will grow and the more we can do for you in terms of bringing you information and news. So the Democrats now are hawking on one of their particularly uh, divisive planks, if you will, in their platform, and that is the disarming of America. Now they want to renew the assault weapons ban. Biden has come out for it himself. This in the wake of the shooting in Atlanta last week and the shooting on Monday in Colorado, which left 10 people dead. The problem is the bans they propose won't solve anything in terms of the problem. It will solve a problem that they've been trying to solve, and it's how to get guns away from law-abiding citizens so that they can impose further leftist agenda upon the population. They use everything they can to manipulate the population. They've used this coronavirus to manipulate the population. And that's why, despite all of the masks and despite all of the vaccines that people are getting, they don't let you know about any end in sight. They want to keep the crisis going because they want you to be thoroughly intimidated because they're going to use this crisis for as long as they can. And when they can no longer use it credibly, guess what? Another virus is going to appear that they don't have a vaccine for. So they'll give them an excuse to control you for another two years. But the crisis right now is getting guns out of the hands of people. Now, Biden 
I don't think he's calling for the ban. He doesn't know even where he is. He's being told to call for a ban. He's calling for an assault weapons ban and a high-capacity mag- high magazine ban. But there's no definition on what an assault weapon is and what high-capacity magazines are. The working definition is any magazine that holds more than 10 rounds uh, is against the law. Now, the typical magazine in a true assault weapon, which is basically a military-style weapon, it's an autoloader, it's not a fully automatic weapon. Let me clear that up for you. Fully automatic weapons require special federal permits. Very few people are able to get those in this country. Usually it's class one firearms dealers. So it isn't like there are legal machine guns out there that people can buy. No, it requires a pull of the trigger for each shot that you plan to fire. The only advantage of having these magazines is that you can fire more shots before you have to reload. But if you had a 30-round magazine, you'd still have to pull the trigger 30 times in order for the gun to fire those 30 rounds. Uh, but this is lost on the people uh, that are trying to impose these restrictions on you. First of all, a sporting gun can also be an autoloader, and you can fire five or six bullets with those guns. But let's look at a shotgun. There's no ban right now on riot shotguns. Now, riot shotguns typically can hold eight or 10 12-gauge slugs. So let's just go with eight for the time being. Now, depending on the shot that you're using, uh, that will affect the number of projectiles that are coming out. The higher the number, the, the larger the pellets, and so the fewer in number of pellets that are in there. The New York City Police Department, for instance, uses double O buck. That consists of nine lead balls, the diameter of a 33 caliber bullet. There's nine that fit in every one. So if you have a shotgun that holds eight shotgun shells with 10 pulls of the trigger, it is throwing into the air 72 different projectiles. Each one, depending on the range, can be lethal. So it isn't like there aren't alternative means of doing these things, but it's, it's really putting the cart before the horse. I want to talk about something that they don't talk about in other places, and they don't break down for you. That's why you listen to this show. Laws have two functions. The first function really only impacts those people who are predisposed to obey law in the first place. The old saying, locks were made for honest people. The first function of any law is to let people know, to put people on notice, that doing this thing or having this thing um, is against the law. And if you do it, you're going to be punished for it. You're going to be arrested for it. You're going to be criminally charged. This we know. This only affects people like you or I, people who are willing to obey the law in the first place. The second function of laws is to fashion punishment for those who choose to violate the laws. It is this second function of laws that is the only function that affects the criminal element. The criminal element, people who are predisposed to violate the law and engage in criminal activity, are not going to be dissuaded from engaging in that activity simply by virtue of the existence of those laws. Therefore, the only time the law actually impacts them and affects their lives is when they're caught violating the law and then 
those laws fashion their punishment. But it does nothing to prevent people from engaging in the conduct. So this fallacy that all we have to do is make more laws and that guns will magically disappear, no, it's not. Uh, They're not going to disappear. People are still going to have them. The only people who are not going to have them are the people who we don't have to worry about having them in the first place. The honest people who simply want a measure of protection at their home, and it's their right under the Constitution to be able to own firearms to protect themselves. And don't tell me that their intention is not to disarm the public. Uh, It's also the intention supposedly of the city of New York, for instance, not to prevent you from smoking because cigarettes are legal. Cigars are legal. I've told you this before. Try and find a legal place to smoke it, though, in the city of New York. For a product that's legal, they sure make it awfully difficult for you to use it. Anytime you're out of your house, virtually, you can't use it. You can't smoke in a public park. I've said this before. But marijuana users are sitting there smoking on the bench across from you totally immune from the police and law enforcement. You can't smoke in a building. You can't smoke within 50 feet of the entrance of a building. You can't smoke in a host of places. And now they're trying to tell people they can't even smoke in their own homes if the migration of their smoke affects other people. But don't worry about it. Smoking is still legal. You can still buy the cigarettes and the cigars and the pipe tobacco. Just can't use it anywhere. That's about what they're going to to try to do with guns. They're going to say, we're not going to ban guns, but they're going to make laws so restrictive that you're not going to be able to use them if you want to have them at all. Or they'll make it very onerous for you to have them. Must have a safe, must have this, must have that. By the time you unlock the safe, you'll be dead when the robber breaks into your home. This is what they always do. So don't be um, uh, swayed by this... faux concern for the public and how we're going to stop mass shootings. Biden's out there telling everyone that mass shootings will stop, that we did it once before. No, they don't stop. Criminals always find a way to get what they want and how to take things they want from you. You can ban assault weapons all you want. They'll have it. Isn't cocaine against the law? Isn't heroin against the law and other illicit drugs? How come it's all over the place? I thought, thought it was against the law. That should make it all disappear, right? doesn't quite work that way. But the Biden administration isn't through there. They have a few more little things that they're uh, struggling with in their early days. One of them is the crisis at the border. Now, of course, they want you to believe they inherited a broken system. No, they didn't inherit a broken system. Donald Trump inherited a broken system, whereby any third world person could walk across the border, get everything given to him at the expense of American people. You know, liberals are famous for thinking that every person that's rich in this country got that way because some other person had to be kept poor. No. Ronald Reagan first pointed this out. They can't help looking at a fat man and thinking that the fat man got that way at the expense of the thin man standing next to him. That's not true. But what is true is people in this country, legitimate people, Citizens, but that's what I mean by legitimate people, are being deprived of resources because we have leftists in Congress so anxious to give everything to people who don't belong here in the first place in order to get them to register as Democratic voters and eventually vote 
to continue to keep them in office, which is a terrible thing. When policy is being determined, not for the benefit of the people who are indigenous to this country, but for the benefit of the politicians to keep them in office in perpetuity, we have an upside-down system. And that's exactly what you have today. Now, I was told that the Trump administration was keeping people in jails. that was separating families and children at the border. But I see big pictures now of children in the Biden administration. Now, those photos that they showed during the Trump administration were taken from the Obama administration. He was doing that long before Trump came into office. Trump tried to fix it by stopping the flow of people coming across the border in the first place. But that's not the case today. I'm looking at a picture here, a temporary processing facility in Donna, Texas, as seen in a photo released by the Customs and Border Protection Agency on Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. That is today, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a doctored photo. What you see are kids lying next to each other. There's no social distancing. They're all wearing masks. Big deal. They're shoulder to shoulder, and they're lying on plastic mattresses, covered in those space blankets. You know, those survival blankets that you see that they're silver? Look like something out of the old Lost in Space TV series? Now, you tell me how this is safe. You tell me how this is, is done. Now, these photos were released after Representative Henry Cuellar, a Democrat of all people in Texas, and Project Veritas, separately released photos of children sleeping on the floor next to each other. Cuellar told Axios that they're being kept in terrible conditions and said that the CBP should transfer them to facilities operated by the Department of Health and Human Services. More has to be done to address this growing humanitarian crisis. Growing. These migrant children need our help right now, not later. We could give them a lot of help if we just stopped them from coming in in the first place. Look, I understand people's heartstrings are tugged, and they want to help people. But there's only so much you can do. We can't take everybody into this country. Just like we can't be everywhere in the world to police the world, we can't allow every single person in the world that wants to come here to come here. Because I've said many times before in the past, there is no absolute guaranteed right to come to the United States. You come in if we say you can come in. If we say you can't come in, you stay the hell out. And I'll tell you another little known fact that people don't like to talk about. I've mentioned it on this program before. There are legal requirements when people seek asylum. International requirements, if you will. When you flee your country because you're supposedly being persecuted, you are obligated under international law to seek asylum in the first country you reach where you will not be persecuted. Now, why do I mention that? Well, because a little piece of information came to me where they were interviewing people at the border. There was a man who left Brazil. That's correct. He left Brazil to come to the United States. He said he would never have tried it while Trump was president. But because Biden is president, he decided he would come. Now, I encourage you all to look on Google or any other search engine you choose to use and search for a map of the Americas. That will show um, everything in this hemisphere, from Tierra del Fuego, Cape Horn, all the way up to Canada. And you will notice Brazil, the largest country by landmass and population in South America. Now, at minimum, at minimum, 
You could go through a few more, but at minimum, if you want to travel to the United States on foot or by car from Brazil, you have to first cross the border into Colombia. That's country number one. Then you have to cross the border into Panama. That's country number two. Then you have to cross into Costa Rica. That's number three. Then Nicaragua. That's number four. Honduras, number five. And then directly into Guatemala or possibly through El Salvador. And then into Guatemala. But let's say you don't have to go into El Salvador. That's Honduras, number five. Then Guatemala. And then Mexico. Seven countries before you get to the United States. By what sophistry of reason do we allow people to travel seven countries and then demand to have asylum here? This is ridiculous. This is not policy. This is just voter registration. Make no mistake about it. This is about recruitment of a permanent underclass who have to be perennially dependent on government. And that's how you control the masses. You have propaganda. Now, how is all this possible? How is it that all this can take place and nobody wants to explain it to you, except people like myself who do podcasts and maybe a select few others in the media? Well, I'm going to tell you, and that's really what I wanted to speak about today, is how this sort of propaganda gets spread. It gets spread because of people like this. Rachel Maddow, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Chris Wallace, Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, to name a few. Why do I single these people out? Well, with the exception of Fox News, and even that, is rapidly changing. Most of the media in this country, or all of it, is completely controlled by the Democratic Party. There is no difference between the media and the Democratic Party. The media is simply an echo chamber for whatever the Democratic Party wants. In fact, the late, great Rush Limbaugh opined that he always thought that, that the media was simply an arm of the Democratic Party. He now believes it's the other way around. The media has gotten so powerful in this country say nothing of the fact of the social media companies like Facebook and Twitter, that he believes the Democratic Party has become nothing more than an arm of the media. Now, Rachel Maddow is a host of a show on MSNBC. Do you really expect fair policy or fair um, interpretation or reporting a policy of a person like Rachel Maddow? She's a liberal Admittedly, she states she's a liberal and therefore supports the Eisenhower Republican Party platform. The Eisenhower Republican Party platform didn't mention anything about the things that she supports. Eisenhower was about liberal with other humans, help everyone you can, but in government, be conservative. He wanted people to be able to stand up on their own two feet. He believed that everyone should share in American prosperity, but the only way you can do that is to have a capitalist society where there is the potential for prosperity. You can't make everybody equal by bringing everyone down. Well, you can, but that's not the way you help people. The best way is to let people rise and aspire to to be all they can be. She's openly lesbian. You can't expect someone who practices a lifestyle who is 
considered out of the mainstream, that they want to be part of the mainstream, to take views that are right of center. So everything about this woman's personality, and look, I'm not criticizing her because she's lesbian. She wants to be lesbian, be my guest. Be my guest, I don't care. I'm just saying it's all part of the mindset that she has. She's an ultimately liberal woman, an extremely liberal woman. You're not going to get fairness from her. Don Lemon. Well, what can we say about Don Lemon? He's a racist. He's stupid. He's liberal. He's dumb as a stump and twice as thick. They give him, if I only had a brain, eyeglasses to wear occasionally on CNN. He's an irritating man. Don Lemon thinks that because he's black and because he's admittedly gay, that in our current political climate in this country, he is immune from any criticism. You can't say anything about Don Lemon and the fact that he's not a news reporter but a propagandist. Because if you do, you're automatically racist and homophobic. I say it because I don't care. I know it's the truth that he is a racist. I know that he is homophobic, that, that he is uh, a liberal, and that he's stupid. And I don't have to be homophobic to say that. I just have to be honest. And I, I find it laughable. I saw a clip recently that a friend of mine sent me where uh, he, re- he refused to listen to um, a recording of a Trump su- uh, supporter or a representative that talked about Trump and how he was the toughest guy he knows, and a great man in the White House. He called him a snowflake. He said, come on, man, come on, shut up. Donald Trump is the biggest snowflake. For this effeminate clown, Don Lemon, to call Donald Trump a snowflake is laughable. It is laughable. And I guess he doesn't want to be accused of being anti-white or racist, so he found a, a white boyfriend for himself. Hey, to each his own, do what you want to do. But don't try and pass Don Lemon off as a legitimate journalist. He's got more animus against conservatism and white people than you can possibly imagine. Moving on, same network by curiosity, we have Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo is the famous younger brother of the even more famous or infamous, or should I say, Governor of New York, Benito Cuomo. Much in the news lately. Embattled. Eight accusers of sexual harassment and 15,000 dead bodies thanks to his stupidity in nursing homes. Uh, Chris Cuomo is a bully. Um, He fancies himself a rather large man who was only as large as he is because of, um, how shall we say this, copious amounts of steroid use. He's got roid rage. Another idiot who wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the fact that he was the brother of the current governor and the son of the former governor, Mario Cuomo. Liberal family, they're the elite of New York, they think they're royalty, they think they're above the law, and Chris Cuomo is no different. You think you're going to get fair and unbiased news from Chris Cuomo? I think not. Then you have the stealth people that they put even in Fox News, like Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, who inherited... Uh, the Fox News Sunday program from Tony Snow after he perished. He died from cancer, having um, left, the Snow previ- uh, sorry, left the show previously to be President Bush's press secretary. And then he went back uh, on the speaking circuit to make some money for his family because he knew he was dying. 
Chris Wallace is the son of Mike Wallace, another liberal journalist. journalist. Chris Wallace is a vehement anti-Trumper and has become more anti-Trumper ever since that Trump got elected. He gave the appearance of being quasi-fair during the election, quickly turned anti-Trump as Trump uh, got into office. And then you have the following duo, which I really love. Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. Now, what's Joe Scarborough's claim to fame? Well, he ran for Congress as a Republican in Florida because you couldn't get elected any other way in that district in Pensacola. That's up in the panhandle. Very Republican. No Democrats getting elected there. Five months into his fourth term, he resigned ostensibly to spend more time with his children and later announced he was changing his party affiliation to independent. In 1999, while serving in Congress, he founded the free weekly Pensacola area newspaper, The Florida Sun. In 2001, after uh, Scarborough left office, it merged with another paper and is now known as The Independent News. He also changed his party affiliations, I previously said, to independent. In 2003, he embarked on a television career with the launch of Scarborough Country on MSNBC. And in May 2007, he began hosting Morning Joe with Mika Brzezinski. Now, Joe is a pretty liberal guy. How he ever got elected as a Republican or why he ever ran as a Republican is another story, probably just to get into Congress. Mika Brzezinski, her only claim to fame or her main claim to fame is that she is the daughter of the National Security Advisor without distinction, Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was the national security advisor to the most unsuccessful president we've ever had in the country, Jimmy Carter. The man who, when he had the job, couldn't get anything right, but is now the go-to guy of the liberal media whenever we have to ask questions. What do you think uh, the president, uh, President Trump, should be doing now? Well, uh, back when I was uh, president, I think we should be doing this. Jimmy Carter is an anti-Semitic piece of crap. He's as liberal as they come, and he's a goddamn anti-Semite. He always used to bend over backwards for the Palestinians and hated the state of Israel. I wouldn't give Jimmy Carter the sweat off my jockstrap after I finished working out. That's how low I think of Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's a piece of garbage. So my point is, you have a completely corrupted media in this country. It's not even media anymore. Do you expect you're going to get real news from these people? I mean, Mika Brzezinski laughably banned Kellyanne Conway's from interviews because she believed that she wasn't getting briefed anymore and she was against spreading fake news. What the hell do you think goes on Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski if it's not fake news? Just a perpetuation of propaganda, propping up this senile old fool in the White House? who doesn't call for policy changes. He just parrots whatever's shoved in front of him. Oh, we can ban assault weapons. I did it when I was a senator. As he trails off into nothings. You see him walk up the staircase of Air Force One the other day? Three falls. Blamed it on the wind. Yeah, those 10-mile-an-hour winds, boy, they can be rough. They can be rough when you're holding onto a railing on a fully carpeted surface. I don't know how you can do it. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough being the president and have to walk up a staircase to a 747. We can solve it, though. We spend a lot of money on Air Force One. It's the most secure jet in the world. So let's make it handicap friendly. Let's get a wheelchair lift on there or some other lift to get old Sleepy Joe up in there. Maybe he can fall asleep on the elevator ride up into the plane. You can't make it up.
For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.